there, guys. Welcome to another edition of Bo Knows Business. I am your host, Nick Kober. I'm also the founder of the Bo Collective. We have 50 amazing Black women-led businesses, and we want to share their stories, their becoming stories. How did they start their businesses? What were their early influences and how they scaled and how they can help you as well? This week is no exception. One of my good girlfriends, I look forward to Wednesdays like nobody's business. I get to play, share, talk, and learn so much about these amazing sisters that I have. Today, we have Dr. Rachel Yvonne Talton. She is just such a beautiful spirit. You guys will love her as much as I do. So let's welcome her to the stage. Dr. Rachel, how are you, friend? I am doing wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for your vision, your, your God-led vision um, of founding the Bow Collective. And, and thank you for being my double sister and my triple sister. My triple sister. Triple sister. Oh, I love it. Yes, yes, yes. We just, you know, I always joke that I'm a member of all the girls groups, right? <laughs> so you know, we're Deltas, Links, Flow. I got 12 days. We have we have so many um, things as women that connect us, and that that really is the glue. That's why this was not surprising to me that we could bring 50 amazing women like yourself together and have that shared vision and try to scale our businesses together. So I want you to um, just take us back. You know, we have we do this a third, a third, a third. And the, the first third is always my my most uh, fun because I love learning about my girlfriends. I love learning how you were as a child, where you were raised. What were your early influences? All right. So can you take us back? I say to little Rachel, little Rachel Yvonne. But how did you grow up? Oh my gosh, that's such a wonderful question and brings back so many powerful, great memories. Um, so I, I was actually born in Los Angeles, uh, born in Pasadena, California. Really? Yes. I have girlfriends there, Pasadena. It's been a yes. long time. <laughs> just um, just a, a California baby. Um, and we moved to Cleveland, Ohio when I was three. My dad uh, was transferred with his job to Cleveland, Ohio. We had no family here. You know, I come from a huge family. Okay. So my mom has 19 brothers and sisters. Yes. What? 19. Uh, 11 of them attorneys. Yeah. Um, 11 are attorneys? Yes, 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 yes. Oh, my gracious. I don't think I've ever heard <laughs> Yeah, and, and, and I'm surprised. I, I I'm surprised that you didn't know that, but yeah. So I, we have a huge, very close family, and um, and so my my mom had you know my family's from Arkansas. Okay. And my mom moved to, moved to California because her big sister and brother had moved there, right? <laughs> and so, so we have a lot of family in California just because the migration started with the older children. Um, so when my dad moved to when my, we, you know, my mom and dad moved to Cleveland, Ohio, it was like, uh, you know, I don't know anyone here. And um, and and at that time, she was an elementary school teacher. Mm -hmm. um, and so we just we we really, I mean. 
obviously my little brother was born. Um, and and look, let is me now, tell you, is it just the two of you just guys? Just the two of us. Oh, just wow. my, dad had, my dad had other children okay. um, to hit by his previous um, uh, wife. Um, so my, I had I had a big brother and a big sister. But my mom only had the two children. And when she had Matt, I, I was like, thank you very much for your service. Um, you know, you're done. <laughs> this is my baby now. <laughs> and I have a surrogate mom. Huh? I mean, he has been my baby ever since. Uh, uh, my little brother. And I call him little. He's like 63, 260 pounds. Uh, but, but that's my baby. Um, and we, we grew up in Cleveland Heights. Um, my parents subsequently got divorced, um, which, you know, for many, you know, children is a tough time and a difficult time. I was, I, I was actually happy because yeah. I, I wanted them to be happy and they, yes. they weren't happy. How old were you when they divorced? I was, I was, I was 11, I think, 11. 10 or 11. Uh-huh. Yeah, years old. So you can, I, I, I'm pausing, even though this is not what we talk about, but no, go ahead. Um, you, you as a child could sense at 11 oh, that yeah. they were not happy. Oh, yeah. So most, I will say, some people believe, hey, let's stay together. And I'm like, the kids know. The kids they know. always know. They, they always sense, know. They see, they know. They know, they know. And, and, you know, and I'm an empath anyway. And I have always been, you know, they used to call me Dr. Rachel when I was a kid. <laughs> you were Dr. Rachel. Guess what my nickname was by my mother? What? Mom. <laughs> oh! <laughs> so I was always taking, always like, you know, mom. the cousins on the hips and I'm uh -huh. like six, you know, so... Yep. Uh, and you're still that way. We were born we're that, that way, way right? We can't even help it. We can't do nothing about it, girl. We can't do nothing about it. Oh, that's so funny. So, um, so, so we grew up in Cleveland Heights. My dad um, ultimately remarried again. He, I, I, I used to joke with him when he was alive. You married everybody you met, um, Daddy. Um, <laughs> like me and your dad. You little, little do you know, we are kindred spirits. But I, I, I stopped. I stopped. You digress. Right? <laughs> Um, he, he moved down the street from us. Um, and so we grew up in Cleveland Heights, which is a very Jewish neighborhood, okay. interestingly. Mm -hmm. And so many of my friends were Jewish. I would go to, to synagogue with them and they would come to church with me. So inclusion has been a part of my life, even mm -hmm. though I, I didn't really know, you know, I, I mean, just for, at that time, I thought everybody is just who they are, um, and uh, and and didn't really know the scourge um, of racism and the difficulty that women have in the marketplace, etc. Et so then we moved back to California for my mom to go to law school. Um, so I went to high, I went to elementary school, and, I mean uh, junior high school and high school in uh, in LA, mm -hmm. um, and so you know I was like, oh yes, I'm going back home. All my cousins are here, and you know I've always been from California. Even when I was little, I was like, I'm from California. You know, <laughs> uh, yes. your yeah. spirit, your energy. It's I get it. I so absolutely LA, yes. California girl all the way. It's, Absolutely, absolutely. So it was, um, it was it was uh, uh, wonderful growing up. I was actually bused, so we lived in South Central LA, and I and I was bused to the Valley. Like I'm a total Valley girl. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
um, um, and and you know, I I, I will tell you. Um, you, you talk about the origin story, the the becoming story. When I was six years old, I saw the movie Sybil. Sybil. And mm-hmm. Sybil. Yeah, yes, I don't know yes. if you remember that, but I do very, yeah. very much. Multiple personalities. Yeah. Sat with Sally Fields. Yep, Sally Fields. Yep, she had twenty-seven personalities, and um, and I saw that movie, and I literally want. I don't. I don't think I blinked through mm. the entire movie. Like yeah. I was absolutely riveted. And what happened for me is that I I felt in my spirit that I could jump through the screen and help her. Help her. And put her back together. Hug her back to to to, to normal. Yes, just be uh, her friend. Be her friend. All she needed was love. Yeah, right? All she needed was love and Girl. and and a safe Again, I didn't have the words to articulate psychological safety at that time. I just knew that I could do that. And so I told my mom, um, mommy, I want the job that puts Sybil back together. And she was like, First of all, who let you watch that movie? Like, for first, second, and third. That was that was. I was like, right. she was like, I would not have let you watch that movie at all. Um, and number one, number two, where is my six-year-old? Who are yes. you talking about? Yes. And I was like, I. That's what I want to do with my life. That is what I want to do with my life. I want to help people like that. Yes. People yes. that um, who have who have sicknesses you can't see. And I understood that. That yes. she had an illness, but you couldn't see it, right? Yeah. It, it was yeah. inside of her. Yes. And so uh, so I always, that's, I was very focused. She yes. was like, okay, that's psychology. She got me all these books. And, um, and I began to read like Freud and Jung. I mean, really, really early on, uh, very, very focused. And so I did. I did well in school. I was, um, um, I mean, and, and not because I was, a good girl or any of that. I was like actually kind of quite a troublemaker. Um, I, mean, I don't I, believe that. Not, I mean, you know, it's interesting. I don't I, believe that at all. I pushed the envelope, right? I always. So you were, a, you were a rebel. You were like, I was why rebel, can't I? Exactly. You were, why can't I go? I, yeah. I can yeah. see that. Yeah, totally. I was a punk leader. rocker, right? <laughs> I mean, like with pearls on, by the way. Um, <laughs> girl, that's a book. That's a title. I so, listen. I don't know much, but that is a title. That is a title. Um, but and so so, but but I did do well in school. I enjoyed. I mean, I still obviously enjoy mm-hmm. uh, learning and reading and um, and and growing. And so um, so, I, I started taking college classes, psychology classes, mm-hmm. in like the ninth grade and the tenth grade. Um, I got a, a job in a. Um, uh, psych ward in the eleventh grade, and then in the twelfth grade. So I was, yeah, I was going to 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 um, Cal State LA, yeah, on a bus by myself. Um, you were during focused. that time. I'm you sorry, were fo- you were focused. Girl. I was really focused. I was really really focused. Um, um, I didn't I didn't have the word God job then, but I just knew that's what I wanted to do with my life. Um, mm-hmm. We spent a lot of time in uh, in Arkansas. So, you know, in the summers, my mom would 
take off and go to Europe and go, she would travel. God bless her. I'm so glad she did because I, I definitely caught that bug. Um, and she would send us to Arkansas to spend time with, with my grandparents and my cousins. And, you know, um, as I said, there were 19 kids, but they didn't have any money. They were literally dirt poor. My grandfather was a sharecropper. Um, I remember we would we would go there and there would be like six of us in the bed, <laughs> you, know? Yes. And, you know, sleeping and um, and we weren't allowed to listen to music or play cards, um, and we would just we just had so much so much fun. Talk about influences. Um, my grandmother mm-hmm. to this day she died when I was six, sixteen years old, um, and that was one of the one of the crucible moments in my life, but. She was just my heart. She was just, um, you know, my PhD is in, in management, but my, my research area is trust. And I, and I think one of the reasons is because she was just the most trustworthy, kind, caring, giving human being I've ever met. So, um, so I would just follow her around and talk to her. She would sing Amazing Grace and, um, and, um, and she was just, she just, she always did what she said she was going to do. Mm-hmm. She was always transparent and honest and, uh, and just good, just good. So, so I, I had a, a really wonderful, t- I mean, obviously challenges, everybody has those, um, but I had a really wonderful, wonderful child. So, so uh, rich. I mean, your eyes are glistening. Uh, they're glistening. And I, um, and, and you're touching me deeply. I'm, um, going to my grandmother's funeral um, that's coming up and everything that you're saying, you know, is um, they just don't make those kind of women anymore. I just, I believe that um, they were just so special. Just their heart was bigger than their body. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Always giving. I literally never heard my grandmother raise her voice. I'm not a bad word wrong. about anyone. Uh, you know, oh, and God bless your grandmother. I I, I didn't know, Nick. Um, I, I'm so sorry to hear. Well, that. I I smiled. I I'm glistening because you you're it's gratitude. They it were literally the foundation of who you were. And and I'll share one story. This is so um, off off record, but. Um, you know, she had dementia for the last um, decade of her life. And right mm-hmm. as she was transitioning, so maybe I saw her maybe eight years ago, and she really didn't know, she didn't know me, but she could still have conversations. Toward the end, she couldn't have conversations. And um, something happened and she said, I know you, I raised you. Mm-hmm. I raised you to be a good girl. I raised you to be a good girl, and bloop, that, yeah. I mean, know, I, and oh. I mean, and then nothing, you know, nothing else. So those pearls, they are foundational to us. They're foundational, and they take us, they take us so far. So it is, it is not surprising to me at all how fabulous you are because you came, you came from that foundation. So I, I thank you for sharing that with me. I, we went over a little more, but it was it was so worth knowing who 
who you are. So let's transition for our, our, our young entrepreneurs out there, those young, young at heart trying to figure out how to scale their business to a million dollars. So let's go to this, this second chapter. We, we, we know what you majored in. We know that you were, you are an empath. You have always wanted to help people. Tell us about your business. Tell us what it is. Tell us how you started it and give us, give us that. That's like the condensed version, like three minutes. So, um, so I actually started Synergy uh, in August of 2002. Um, my husband, who was an attorney, has said, Oh, something. happy 20 year anniversary. Thank girl. you. Thank Yay. you. I know. I know. And I, I've got to awesome. figure something out how to celebrate. I that can't believe awesome. it. Girl, years. we're there. Wherever you are, wherever it's going to be, your both sisters are there. Awesome. Awesome. And, and, and what a, just an incredible group uh, to celebrate with. Um, I started the, the business in 2002. Um, my husband, who was an attorney, if you do know this, uh, suddenly passed away. Yes. And, um, and I was a banker. I was headed to the C-suite uh, in banking. Interestingly, I, I decided against psychology because I didn't want to go to school for the next 30 years. Well, I went to school for the next 30 years anyway um, <laughs> and uh, and uh, had, had fallen in love with with marketing and HR and the intersection of marketing and HR. Um, I fell out of love with banking, but I and I, I went to see my mentor, which is a very important piece here. You talk about young people wanting to or or, or young at heart, people wanting to start their business. Um, and I said, I don't, I'm, I'm sitting outside of the bank crying every day, mm. right? And I don't know if it's pain of, of Mark or, or what, but I don't love this anymore. And he asked me a question, which I think is, was the start of, of me founding Synergy. He said, well, what do you love? Yes. Right? I, I had come to him with the, here's a problem. Here's a... And he said, no, I'm going to reframe that. <laughs> You're talking about what you don't love. I want to talk about what you do love. And I said, well, I love it when an organization really understands the needs of the marketplace. I love it when they give their employees the tools and resources to meet those needs. Yes. And I love it when an organization can turn a profit because then they can keep doing the good work in their communities, right? Can and we hire you at both? <laughs> so perfect. I mean, it's just, and I sat there, I was drawing these circles and I said, right there in the middle, that's what I want to do. That's what I love. And I said, that's synergy. And he was like, yeah, that's synergy. And then we just, we, he and I literally in his living room, on his living room floor, and speaking about mentors, this is a white male Republican accountant. We couldn't be more opposite if yes. you tried, right? Yes. Um, and he is one of the most important people in my life. So he helped me to found Synergy. Um, interestingly, oh. diversity, equity, and inclusion um, uh, Kent State ac actually called me to do their diversity plan, but it, it was not really part of what I was going to do. It was really focused on research and 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 leadership development and and marketing. Um, but but diversity was always my quote unquote god job, 
right? It was over here. It was mm-hmm. to the side of, of the work that I was doing. Executive coaching, God job. That was to the It was like, why are people even paying me for this? Like, this is, this, like, I would do this for free every day, mm-hmm. right? And, um, and, you know, but I'm focused on my day job. Um, uh, ended up getting my master's, getting my PhD, um, and, and growing the, the company. Interestingly enough, we had always, we were always a very, quote unquote, we were moderately successful, successful, uh, under a million dollars, but moderately like lifestyle successful. Um, and, uh, and probably about 10 years in, we grew to a little bit larger than, than, uh, moderately successful. It wasn't until, um, until the last three years that we've grown to probably triple our size. And, and this is a, this is get your pens out. Okay. It is because I started focusing on my God job. Yes. I watched George Floyd's life being taken from us on television with everyone else. Immediately, Nick, immediately, God was like, okay, your God job needs to be your day job mm-hmm. now. Yeah. And uh, four days later, yeah. I called Cornell. I didn't know how I was going to pay for it. I put it on a credit card. Yeah. Um, their their diversity, equity, and inclusion uh, certification. Training for certification. Mm-hmm. Four days after George Floyd passed away, I signed up for that program. Um, and um, and and the reason that I didn't know how I was going to pay for it is because COVID. We had lost most of our client or most of our marketing, quote unquote, clients. Nobody was doing yes, that. Nobody was doing it. Mm-hmm. Nobody was doing it. So. Um, so, you know, financially, I was like, I don't even know how I'm going to pay for this. And I don't care. I'm going. And um, and I, I'm just going to be focused on the work that I love, the work that I would do for free. And so today, every single day, I get to wake up and do that work for free. And we have scaled. We have probably tripled our the size of our business um, since that time. Yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. I want to I want to ask you in terms of the scaling. A lot of your both sisters who have joined me have talked about um, the diversification mm-hmm. aspect of scaling. Um, they've also talked about the relational aspect yep. of scaling. Um, can you talk to either of, of those or both of those points? How does that, how has that impacted your business? Yeah. And so, so I'm going to talk about both. So, um, so it, it is absolutely critical that you, A, love what you do, right? You asked me for a quote and I'm going to, I'm going to give you one um, uh, at the end, but it, you have to love what you do, but you also have to be great at it. Right. And I don't know. Have you have you heard of Ikigai? Ikigai. It's I-K-I-G-A-I. Ikigai. And it is a um, it is a uh, Japanese um, symbol that that really talks about the purpose, your purpose. Um, What what do you love? What are you good at? What can you get paid for? Right. And so ensuring that you're doing those things really well is critical. Um, 
The second thing is making sure that you have the relationships to scale. So we've always had relationships. We would partner with our sister companies to do projects, et cetera. Um, recently, we have we probably have 20 um, consultants that we work with, that work on projects with us that are amazing. Some of them are full-time with us, some of them are not. And so th those relationships, building trusted relationships, people who, who you can who can represent your brand. Yes. That is huge. huge. That is huge. Um, and so um, and so building those relationships based on a foundation of trust is critical. Um, and being being able to be diverse. But don't go outside of what you do well, right? Don't be, you know, I'm not gonna start making making shoes making cars or making cars right i was gonna say like tori sudan is as amazing as she is she's great at that, great at that. i'm great at buying them <laughs> you make the shoes i will purchase and refer your shoe exactly i love it no thank you so much i mean that that was succinct that's what you do tight tight <laughs> tight pearls and just like the pearls you're wearing I have said every week we are adding another pearl to this bow necklace of experiences of just vulnerability, joy, intellect, um, and, and I'm so grateful to you. So, so I'm going to give you the last couple of words. Tell us about bow. Tell us about your experience. It's only been a couple of months and tell us what your hopes are that the greater community the world will know about our organization. Um, you know, as soon as we got on this podcast today, I, I thanked you for your vision. Um, you know, as soon as you called me, I was like, you know, just <laughs> tell me where to be, tell me what to do. You know, I, I am 100% um, all in. Um, and your, your passion for building Black women as a resource for these global organizations, governments, nonprofit entities, small businesses as a resource is, is really critical. Um, I am, you know, Bo is one of those, it is, um, I was talking to my mom, who is also one of my uh, heroes, I was talking to my mom about how much Bo means to me, um, how important it is that 50 black women generating over $250 million a year, employing probably over 1500 people in the world is literally putting a stamp on black girl magic, right? Yes. We are incredible, incredible. The heart that I talked about, right? So the definition of trust, you know, I, look, don't get me started. Um, the, the definition of trust is the willingness to be vulnerable. The definition of trustworthiness is benevolence. The way I talked about my grandmother, right? You have someone's back that they, they you put their needs before your own. Integrity, that you literally, that you are open and that you share the values of that individual and competency that you're brilliant, that you're smart, that you have the tools, the talents, the skills, the ability, the education to do the, the task in front of you. And so this group is a group of trusted advisors, 
across industries, and we are all Black women. So what does that do? That provides an opportunity for organizations, large and small, government entities and nonprofits, to take advantage of all of the expertise as well as that goodness, because that is a superpower. That is a superpower. Superpower yes. that Black women have. Not to say that others don't. There are many good people. There are 36 dimensions of diversity, as we know. Yes. And, and they're wonderful human beings uh, across the board. Black women have this magical ability to make something out of nothing. And yes. harder and smarter and collaborate in new and different ways. And I'm just, I could not be more proud of you and I could not be more proud, proud to be a co-founder of the Bow Collective. My wish for, for the Bow Collective is that by next year, um, and, and, and thank you so much for the opportunities that you and, and, and we as the leadership team are creating for the Bow Collective, that by next year, we have increased by 30 to 40%. That's my, yes. that's my wish, yes. uh, 30 to 40%, and that we continue to grow our businesses and our sister businesses. I mentioned Tori Sudan, whose board I'm on. We're, our goal is to ensure that we grow by 30 plus percent in the first year, 25 plus percent every year after that. That's every single bow sister. That is my wish. And I have said it, we are touching and agreeing, and God said, and so it shall be. And so it shall be. Oh, you just filled my my whole spirit. I mean, um, I just love you so much. I'm so grateful to you. Um, you know, you led me down this path. You invited me almost, I don't know how many <laughs> years ago. 10 years ago. Yep. And, um, and I just... I just delight in how you bless black women. You've given me the template and you and you showed me how we could take our God jobs and replicate it. That's and right. I say that all the time. I hope that we are duplicated. I hope other groups of That's black right. women say we can get together. We can make money together. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. And yes, you shall. That's right. And so I thank you so much. Tell uh, tell our listeners, our viewers, how to stay in contact with you. Oh, absolutely. Um, and and please connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm Dr. Rachel Talton on Facebook. I think it's Dr. Rachel as well, Dr. Rachel Talton. Um, those are the two best ways. I, I have an Instagram, but I'm not really not really on there. Um, but um, please connect with me. Um, our, our website is uh, www.synergyloyalty.com. Um, please check us out. We're having that uh, redone uh, uh, as we speak. So I'm excited about that uh, for our 20th anniversary. And, and, and I'm, I'm going to ask for the business, right? So if you need um, yeah, yeah. diversity, equity, and inclusion consulting. We do consulting with Amazon, Toyota, Mars Corporation, many uh, of the largest, as you know, uh, largest global companies uh, on earth, as well as uh, governments as well. Um, we do probably 
70% of our work is diversity focused, but a lot of the work that I do on a daily basis is executive coaching as well. Um, so we do leadership development, executive coaching, um, and, uh, and DEIB work. And we would love to have your business and would love to talk with you about really creating um, an inclusive culture at your organization across the employee life cycle and across your uh, stakeholder relationships, um, getting yourself to be a more effective uh, leader. And, uh, and I'd love to have your business if you're interested. Thank you so much. No one does it better than a grand opening, grand closing, girl. That was amazing, amazing. I love you, love you so much. Thank you for sharing you your day with us. Thank you. May I give you my quote, please? Yes, please. Okay. Absolutely. So um, I, I, I actually, I, I wrote this because you asked for a quote and it is, success is not the key to happiness. Doing what you love is the key to success. So I wake up every day with the passion to do my God job with joy. That is the meaning of success. Amen. Oh, thank you, sister. Thank you for blessing our audience today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for your vision. And, um, and may God continue to shine his light, his love, and his grace all over you and all over your business as well. Thank you, Thank you so much, sister. Oh, are you all, are you all's eyes welling up? Are your chills? Did you get chills? This woman is amazing. Follow her, uh, follow our boat journey, follow these stories. Thank you so much for joining us again today. We hope to inspire every one of you to follow your own vision, do what you love and make money doing it too. It is a both and, it is possible. You can flourish, ah, flourish um, as, as our sisters have shown you. Thank you so much and we love you. We'll see you next week. <laughs>